Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Benny Sources. Episode, um, shit, what episode is this? Episode, episode three, officially episode three, total of ep- four episodes, including the trailer. Okay, yeah. Um, how y'all doing out there? My name is Benny. I am your host of this episode. Um, if you've been listening to the previous episodes, last week we had Jadakiss 2001. The week before that, we had the Martin episode, um, Dead Man Don't Flush. And the very first episode we had, which was the trailer, which was titled Lover Lover, which was ludicrous on the Back for the First Time album. And today, I'm going to stay in the 2000s, and I'm going to talk about what I feel was the best R&B album of 2001. Um, if If y'all pay attention to the Extraordinary Gentleman podcast page throughout the week, I kind of drop hints. But also, if you listen to the last episode as well, I told... You know, I kind of said what we was going to talk about this week. Um, but we are going to be talking, about, like I said, one of the best R&B albums of 2001. And that album is going to be Usher 8701. Um, of course, I'm not just going to talk specifically about that album. I'm going to talk about some things that, that led up to that album. Um, I'm going to touch on a little bit of the album's um before um and also some things that was going on as well like i said i don't want to be too much in the personal life i just want to keep it strictly about the music because that's what i'm here to do um like i said i love music so i want to touch on this um the reason why i chose this album is because out of usher's catalog we have maybe how many albums do we have total of usher um, let me pull that up real quick, but I believe, let's see, what does his catalog look like? So we have the Usher album, which came out in 1994. Um, you have the My Way album, which came out in 90, 1997. Then you have 8701, which came out in 2001. Then we have the Confessions album, which came out in 2004, Um, Here I Stand in 2008, Um, Raymond vs. Raymond 2010, then you have Looking For Myself 2012, and then you had the Hard To Love, which was in 2016, and then you had in 2018 which was the um, the compilation album of him and Zaytoven. Now, out of all these albums I just named and said of his, um, I would have to say that this was top two. And I say that because sometimes myself, I go back and forth between putting Here I Stand in there and Confessions. I guess you can say it just depends on the mood. But I want to talk about some things that 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 you know behind the scenes as I was doing research, I heard a couple interviews and I read a couple articles 
And honestly, it wasn't too much promo for some reason for this album. Of course, he did the the talk shows um, with uh, TRL and um, Regis, uh, Live with Regis and Kelly at that time. But I wanted to, you know, mainly focus on, you know, the the pre-album, the album, and after the album. So before we start today's episode, um, last week I said I was going to try a game where I play a song in reverse for a couple seconds and you all send the answers to of that song, which means you have to send the artist, the track name, and the year to the Extraordinary Gentleman Podcast IG page. Um, we had a quite a few people that reached out um, with some feedback on it, but their answers was wrong. <laughs> so today, um, the, basically, the, I'm going to give you a, a bigger hint. Um, the way I'm going to do it is whoever I'm talking about, it's one of their songs. It can be from any song out of their catalog. So all you have to do is go and listen to some of the songs in that catalog. So today, I'm going to play a Usher song, but I want you to tell me the name of the track, um, the year it came out, and what album it was on. And let me go ahead and cue that up for you real quick. Let's see, got that. And here we go. So if you know the name of that song, of course we know it's Usher, but if you tell me the album that it was on and the year, um, you'll win your free prize, but you have to make sure that you send your answers to Extraordinary Gentleman Podcast on IG only. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the pre-album. Um, some things that I heard listening to old interviews and um i guess you can say old interviews and a couple of recent interviews that they did on and the anniversary of 8701 so the big million dollar question that everybody's going to ask is how does usher follow up with after my way um he had been gone for i believe it was 4 years I believe he was he was doing a pattern where he was dropping the album every four years, if I'm not mistaken. But the biggest question was, you know, you have a hot album and some people look at my way as his his first album. And some people, of course, the record labels don't. But, you know, us as listeners, that was the album that caught our our attention was the my way album. So. How do you follow up to that? You know, you have, you have, it's a Grammy nominated. You have, you, I think he got nominated on that for that album as well. And it's like, you have what basically the whole album is song for song, track for track. That whole album is beautiful. You know, you can listen to it 
front, back, side to side, it don't matter. So when typically when you have this type of an album, they they say the sophomore sophomore slump. You know, is he gonna is he gonna is his second album or you know his third album gonna be bad? And I'm here to tell you today, folks, that goddamn. <laughs> This 8701 was was um, vocals out the ass. He displayed vocals. He displayed range. He displayed everything that he possibly could. Emotion, everything in this album. Um, I want to start with a couple things that I did read before he went into this album. So, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he had put this... He he had put the album on hold for a couple of things that was going on like right before the album was getting ready to release or come out. So one of the things I believe was that a lot of this album was recorded in 2000 and 2000, early 2001. So with that, with this album being recorded that during that time frame, I believe he wanted to put it out at a different time. So what he did by me listening, I listened to an interview he did with um, one of the journalists with uh, Billboard. It was him, Jermaine Dupree, and Brian Michael Cox. For anybody out there that know um, that knows music, um, R&B music, Brian Michael Cox, he writes very, very good music. Um, but anyways, yeah, so he recorded the majority of this album in 2000, 2001. And one of the things that I believe if I'm, I've read somewhere where he was going to, this album wasn't going to be called 8701. I believe he wanted to call the album <clears throat> um, Evolve or something like that. But something happened and that, that screwed up the whole plan. So that was one of the things that I read and I thought was interesting. Uh, let me see if I can find what would they going to call the album, man. Nah, but anyways, if y'all remember correctly, during this time also, um, let's see, this album came out August 7, 2001. During this time, if you remember correctly, the Michael Jackson 30th anniversary celebration was um getting ready to come on as well so i believe he put the album on hold for the purpose to for him to rehearse and um rehearse and get everything situated for the michael jackson thing and of course if you know usher you know he's a big michael jackson fan he wanted to make sure that he did his best work for this for that um celebration and i believe it was the 30th anniversary celebration and i believe they played it on well at that time it was MTV and i want to say it might have played it on VH1 but uh a little side note um that performance that was one of the best performances that Michael Jackson ever performed any Michael Jackson fans out there know I don't care what nobody say. That performance was one of the best performances that that Michael Jackson has ever done. R.I.P. Mike. Back on topic. Um, 
8701. Okay, so after he finished re um after the the rehearsal, after that performance was over for the um 30th anniversary for Mike, it was time to get down to business. Um one of the first singles that he put out was You Remind Me. And for the people out there that know this was the first single and honestly your first single after your last album you have a lot riding on that first single so the first single was you remind me and it was produced by jimmy jam and terry lewis terry lewis um i'm going to my music bag if you're if you know J jimmy jam and terry lewis you know they make great freaking music they made um can you stand the rain for a uh, new edition they also made so during that time well before let's let's give them give you a quick little jimmy jam and terry lewis history real quick um for the people that that really love music they won a grammy for uh that's the way that's the way love goes for best r&b song which is janet jackson's song during this time they was they were working with janet jackson like like it was nothing they were making songs for her like it was crazy um what else what was another song all for you they were they wrote that song as well for janet um they also have a couple of their hits that they they made um they have boys and men um on bended knee they have the four seasons of loneliness they also have the Mariah Carey song right before they made You Remind Me, which was um, Thank God I Found You with Joe. And on to the Usher You Remind Me, so which was the first single. On this first single, this was also the first video as well. The You Remind Me video first came out April... Lord, what is it? April 2001. I don't know the ex exact date, but it was April 2001. And this album, if you remember when I said it came out, <clears throat> this album came out um, August 2001. So they they put the single out way before time and they wanted to get gain a little steam. But if you're going back looking at this video, and I haven't seen this video in a long time, um, it starts off with, of course, you see Usher with the, um, I don't know what it was called on his head, but it was like a, um, he was wearing these caps with all the whole bunch of holes in them over his stocking cap or his do-rag that was rolled up. And, of course, you see the, um, just to talk about the style back then or his style then, he had the baggy jeans on with the the Timberland boots and the uh wife beater with the and he had the U chain which was became popular on the My Way album. Um the platinum U, I should say anyway. But the video, you know, it has the him walking through and I I don't know, I wanna say I think it was in Atlanta, if I remember correctly. It was in Atlanta, and he's walking through the mall, going down the escalator. Then he um, followed us through, going through the neighborhood. And basically, he's just 
you know, he's trying to holler at this, this, um, the one of the girls in the videos. So as he's following her, you know, it gets ready to go to the. At this point, this is when people r- really starting to realize that he can dance. This is, and mind you, that this video is out before the the Michael Jackson um, 30th celebration. This is the first video. So after people see this video, they're going to want to expect, well, they're going to expect him to do be dancing much better on anything else that he sees. And I will say he lived up to it. But during the video, they have a dance break. Now, during this time in the 2000s, I want to say it might have started in the late 90s to probably almost the 2000 and um, maybe five, sixes. They would do dance breaks and videos um, where they would just drop the, the, the words and they would just do the beat. And if it was a dancer, of course, you know, he would dance. But in this particular video, he has the water on the on the ground and he's dancing with the hat and doing the the kickstand. And, you know, he's um, showing his, you know, that he can dance. But the part that I'm getting to what I, that I want to talk about is that the next the next scene is he's inside the club. He has a two way pager on him, but <laughs> He has the 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 one earbud, and it has the and he's actually has the one earbud pl- plugged into his phone to the two way, and it's coming out his ear with the toothpick and the the drink in his hand, which I thought was weird looking at it because I was like, damn, like the, nobody even do that no more. I mean, you see a lot of old school people doing that nowadays, but back then that was common. And now, uh, I guess you could say it's kind of common. You see people with the, the Apple headphones. But during during that time then, it was weird to see that. It just gave me a quick flashback. But the next scene, well, during that scene, they flash and you see a woman dancing in the club right in front of them. And they flash quick and then you don't see the person again. And then all of a sudden, you know, they show him and then they go back to it. And lo and behold, it's Chili from TLC. And this is, I believe this is the first time we've seen her in the video. Um, I want to say she was all the way up in videos until his next album, which was Confessions. Um, But. You know, that's I'll talk about that another time. But this is the first time we see Chili in a video. And it's interesting because during this time, a lot of these relationships, you know, when you see these people, these um, musicians and artists and in videos with people back then, you automatically assume they were dating, you know, ooh, they dating this and that, you know, back then. Um, and. We never got real clarity on their relationship. We all assumed they were together for a long time, and we all assumed that they um, were in a uh, real good relationship. But, you know, anyways, continuing on with the video, um, the video goes off, and the video ends, and this is when I talked about, you know, this was, like I keep on saying every episode, this was a big trend back then in the 2000s where 
either in the middle of the video, the end of the video, you have a a uh, another song being played in the video. And on this particular video, he had the song, um, I don't, I believe it's called I Don't Know. Uh, let me go see if I can look. Yeah, I Don't Know. Um, and that song is with P. Diddy. Um, but I'll tell y'all about that once I go through the track list. But it was it was just weird, you know, the more and more you look at all these old videos, they all have the same concept. We're gonna throw throw a old song throw another song on there from the album to try to push the album sales up, make people listen to the album, make people like this song and the song the the song that the video is originally for. And it's just it's just weird that back then these these labels were were thinking like that. I don't know. I mean, I guess you can say it worked, and um, <laughs> maybe you can say it didn't work. But that was a great video. Um, for the next single of that album, before I get into the track list and talk about some of the the backstory on some of these other songs, so the next single was titled "You Got It Bad," which came out August twenty first of two thousand and one. Now. This is where the album changed completely for uh, some people, in other words, as far as vocals. People that listen for vocals, this is where this album changed. Um, now, if you remember correctly, this was the second single. This video came out as well um, around the same time that the single came out, which was around August of 2001. And to go back to um, something I said before earlier about before it leaves my mind again, the 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 album was originally supposed to be called All About You. And he changed it because if I remember correctly, I heard now it's time to come back. Quite a bit of these songs had got leaked. On during this time in the 2000s, 2000, 1999, 2000, 2001, um, Napster. Napster was still in everybody's shit. It don't matter what. If it went through that, that I don't know how the how songs got leaked back then, but somehow Napster was getting shit early. So they that delayed the album quite a bit. If y'all out there remember, Napster was. Um, I guess you can say a music something like iTunes, um, but you can you can download it illegally or legally, which you could pay for it, and some songs anyway. Um, but back to you got it bad. Now after going back and listening to listening to this album before I recorded, you know I listened to this album quite a bit. Um, before I recorded today, and. Man, the listening to music now compared to back then, you let you hear things that that you didn't that you don't listen for when you're listening to music, you know, as a child or a young teenager or whatever. Um, but you got it bad was I would say the best song on the album. Um, best song on the album, not the best vocal song on the album. And I'll get to that song later and why I think that. But this song was produced by Jermaine Dupri and 
Brian Michael Cox. Now, on the um, interview I heard with Brian Michael Cox, Jermaine Dupree, and Usher, and the the journalist from uh, Billboard, they went into details on how this song was made. So they did talk about during this song, they needed, uh, Jermaine Dupree felt like he needed a song that was going to turn heads and relate more to Usher. And he wanted, he wanted, he wanted to, to, to give the people something to relate to and make people um, feel like they're in this same situation when he made this this album or the song, I guess you can say. So Usher commented and said that during this time, he had somebody living in the studio with him while he was making this song. And he was going through a lot. It was real, real personal. It was real, you know, this and that. And Jermaine Dupree was there and took advantage of it. He's witnessing all this stuff firsthand, you know, up close and personal. And he don't want to put his stuff out there like that. He just want to, he wanted to, he wanted Usher to have a, a deeper connection with the song and wanted to make him sing it. I guess you can say put more emotion behind it, more feeling behind it, which is Perfectly fine from, you know, as a, if you're a producer, you want you want your the person you producing to sing it with more feeling, more emotion to make it come out. So he's looking at firsthand this situation with, you know, Usher, who's all in the studio, what's going on. And he felt like he wanted to, you know, make it better. So they also said in the interview that. During the while Usher was recording this song, that Usher was taking his clothes off singing this song. Now I'm not, you know, I don't know. I guess it was because the song was 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 touching him emotionally, making him realize stuff. But it wasn't nobody in there but Usher, Brian, and Jermaine Dupri. Um. And I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit right now. But this is why Jermaine Dupree deserves a lot more praise, a lot more credit, a lot more love than what he gets as a top producer. For him to create pen-wise and um, sonically, this shit is unbelievable, man. For you to make a song like this and to have an artist like Usher believing you to make a song like this and, you know, know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit, that's just, this shit is unbelievable, man. Jermaine Dupri deserves flowers. You know, every time people say that, is he a top, is he a top producer or is he a top in the game? You know, it's always a discussion between... um him, Puff, Dre, uh, Pharrell, or Slash Neptune, Swiss Beats, you know, Timberland. You have all these people that argue about them or whatever, but a lot of people sleep on Jermaine Dupree pen game, man. Like, <laughs> the dude can write. Um, to get back on track, though, um, going to the 
you re- the you got it bad video. So this video starts off with him laying in the bed and he's like having um I don't know if you want to say dreams, nightmares, but he having nightmares or dreams about um I guess you could say things about what's going on with him and his girl in the video which happens to be Chili. Now this is the second time we see Chili in the video with Usher. And at this time, I believe rumors are already have sparked about them two being together. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, I'm here to talk about the music. The um, from after the, that part of the you know waking up in the bed after the nightmares, it starts off. And going back watching this video, from the time he he stepped, it actually shows him, and he has the the Michael Jackson glove on. And the um, microphone stand, you knew he was there for the vocals. You knew he was there to display vocals. You knew he was there to sing his ass off to let you know, like, hey, I can get in this. I can be in this game as a vocalist as well, just as a singer. I mean, not a dancer. So you see the Michael Jackson glove, and we all know that his inspiration is, you know, um, Michael Jackson. But he starts off with uh, going down memory lane, remembering the good, remembering the good times and the bad times that him and his girl had. And while he's doing that, he's real life, you know, singing. And this is during the time where people were um, doing tricks with the microphone stands and things of that nature. So he's also doing throughout the video, he's singing, doing tricks with the. Uh, microphone stand and one of the other things that I noticed was was pretty cool in the video was that they also did another um a dance break but he didn't dance so I thought that was different that's what I thought was pretty cool about it so it was like if you're listening to the song and it has that that dance break where it continues to beat no lyrics he didn't dance in the video he, they actually just kept on showing him, um, him and his girl, you know, talking to each other and remembering the good times, the bad times. Um, after I go through the track list with you all, I'll um, talk more in depth about that as well. But let's get to the third single. If I can find it, um, which was You Don't Have to Call, which came out January 18th, 2002. So they're on, let's see, this album came out in August of 2001. So now they're already January and they're already on their next single, which pretty much tells you that the album is doing pretty good if they're already on a third single. You don't have to call. It's okay, girl. So this song was pro- produced by the Neptunes, um, Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. So getting into the video of You Don't Have to Call. Um, on this video after the, um, I guess you can say, uh, look back, listen back, look back at the video, he's displaying, Usher is displaying, 
uh, vocals and dancing now. He's showing you that, hey, I can do it both at the same time. You know, on the first video of this album, he just gave us the 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 dance break with no singing. And then on the You Got It Bad, he gave us the vocals. And yes, he was dancing, but he was dancing mainly with the, the microphone. But on this particular video, I'm giving you both. I'm giving you the dancing and the singing at the same time. Now, this is the song I've been waiting for. Because during this time, this was this video was very, 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 very popular. Um, I believe it was on 106 and Park for a long time. I believe they at one point had to um, like one of the things 106 and Park had. If you remember back, well, remember back then, if a song was number one for so long, they had to retire that motherfucker if it was on that if it was number one for so long. So I believe this is one of those videos they had to retire because it was um, number one for so long. But starting off on this video, they do the the flashback thing again with um, him and um, his girlfriend, and of course Chili is in this video as as well. But there she's not. Um, I don't know if it's physically or not, or they just took pictures and put her in there or what, but she's in, she's in this video and basically it starts off with um, him laying in the bed and Diddy calling him. Diddy's calling him, but the, the crazy shit is Diddy's calling him on a phone that has a screen on it. And this is a hotel phone or a house phone or however you want to look at it. This phone has a screen on there, and um, Diddy comes on the screen and tell him, hey, Playboy, get up. I've been there before. Let's get up. We're going to party tonight. We're going to take your mind off of this girl. We're going we gonna to do other things to keep you busy to try to keep your mind off of this girl. Now, the whole time he's talking to Usher, he's talking to him through the video screen on the phone and it's a big screen. I don't know if it was CGI or whatever it was back, whatever they called it back then graphic or whatever, but I just thought it was weird. I was like, damn, they had this type of phone back then. So this is crazy. Um, but next, you know, it gets up and it gets the, you know, it drops the beat, the Pharrell beat, you know, don't leave your girl around me. True player for real. That's my nigga for real. And that's when the the beat drops, the song takes off. But one of the things I want to take note is I know there's plenty men out there that the beginning of this song, when he's when he's dancing around the house with the uh, robe on and then he's dancing in the restroom with the, the towel wrapped around, to this day, I still do that. That's how I get down. When I'm listening to music, I'm just I'm in a jam session, which I thought was weird looking back at it because I still do that to this day. Um, and I know it's plenty of other people out there that do that, too. <laughs> but as the video continues on, he puts his clothes on. Of course, he has his um, trademark leather jacket on um, his white tee and his uh, platinum usher U chain. And he has. um shoes on at this time we think they're just regular shoes um goes to the next part um he gets in his escalade truck now this is 2000 at this time this is 2002 so the escalades have transformed from just a regular um body style suv and they are now in a 
Escalade truck, which has the, the you know, it's like a truck. And he's riding in the uh, the car with his homeboys. Um, but before he picks up his homeboy, he rides he's ride by he rides by a bus and he sees her face on the bus, which, you know, has him thinking and like, damn, what am I doing? But he automatically puts his glasses back on and he goes to pick up his homeboy and you know, the whole time, the, the the funny thing about this is the whole time they in the car, they hitting dance moves like a motherfucker. You know, which, <laughs> I know some people out there with their homeboys try to do this this dance quite often. Um, Next part of the video, they go to the, I guess they're, they arrived at the club, but they're walking to the garage. Well, they parked inside the garage and they walk into the main door of the club. Um, walking through the the parking garage, you know, they dancing in the garage and you see uh, some of the vehicles lights on and stuff. But they're dancing in the parking garage, which is is funny as hell. Cause it's like and I understand the video, the concept of the video is like, hey, I'm um, I'm I'm single tonight. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to live my life. So as they get on the elevator elevator of the to go up, I guess to the penthouse floor of the the the, the party. Um, they get inside and they immediately start dancing, and I start laughing. I said, "God damn, they didn't waste no time to do a dance break." But on this video, on this particular video, you didn't get no dance break. The song didn't stop nothing. The song kept on going, but the uh, they were him and his homeboys was dancing as well. And during this part, I want to say that I tried my hardest to learn almost this whole dance routine inside this penthouse from the from the the the, the sliding on the flow, the the doing the uh, the the heelys. And this is the point where he actually shows us that these are um, this is our first time, I guess, experiencing or seeing tennis shoes with uh a, a roller wheel on the bottom of it which is like a roller skate and because we see him in one part of the video roll up and then he rolled back and it's like what the hell is that and you notice that he got a healy zone i don't know if that was the name of him then but that's what i know him as and it's like god damn so one of the things that me and a couple of my family members and a couple of other people, we argued about what is specifically being said on a certain part of this song. So what I want y'all to discuss is during this part of the song, what is he actually saying on the You Don't Have to Call song? And some people might know exactly what I'm talking about. And some people might not know. But on this particular part of the song, I want to say it's the hook or uh, the bridge or, you know, I don't know too much about the how to break down the, the parts of a song. But on this particular part, I'm going to play a clip of it. I want y'all to tell me exactly what it what he's saying or what you think he's saying and what says on different parts the the lyrics. So I'm going to go ahead and play this clip and I want y'all to listen carefully. I'm going to. 
run it back a couple times just so you can hear it. Uh, now. So I'm only going to play it once, but on that part where he says, I, I'm too young of a guy or I'm too much of a guy. So one of the things that we had argued for maybe, I will never forget this. We argued for maybe an hour. So back then when this song came out and we put the caption on for this song. So the captions would say, too much of a guy but when you listen to it on the song it says i'm too young of a guy and the lyrics said i'm too much of a guy so i never ever figured it out and to this day actually now i still haven't even looked to see but just listening to the song it sounds like he's saying too young of a guy but on some the lyrics and some of the closed captions, it'll say too much of a guy. So, you know, I'll let y'all decide that. But it was just something that I thought I should bring up, which I thought was very, very hilarious now. Um, but that's one of the, the, the critiques that I had for that song, which was, was great video, great song. But damn, we need to figure out what he said. Um, and I'm pretty sure now, like I said, I to this day I still haven't looked it up. So if you're criticizing or whatever, I haven't looked at no lyrics. Um, but let's go on to the next next part. Um, and at the end of the video, you know they have the dance break with with him and um, him and his homeboys dancing. And then at the end of the video, you see P Diddy. Um. But before I get up out of here, I want to talk about the track list and I want to go over some. I want to, since I didn't do it last week, I want to do my four pack for this particular album as well. Um, let's see the track list. So for track one of the 8701 album, <clears throat> you have the intro. Um, Track two, you have the You Remind Me. And the way the intro goes, the intro leads right into the You Remind Me track. You have the I Don't Know featuring P. Diddy. You have the Torque It Out. You have the track five is You Got It Bad. Track six is If I Want To. Track seven is I Can't Let You Go. Track eight is You Don't Have To Call. And then track nine, you have an interlude, which is called Without You. Track 10, you have Can You Help Me. Track 11, How Do I Say. Uh, 12 is The Hottest Thing. 13 is Good Old Ghetto. 14 is Your U-Turn. And 15 is You Are The One. One of the other things that I did want to bring up was, before I um, give you my four-pack, was that... Um. Usher's mother had got in contact with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and she wanted them to produce a song, specifically a song that that was on the album but she wanted them to produce it. And I believe that was song that song was called Separated. 
and they ended up putting that song on a, I believe, the a bonus track or international album or something like that. And they ended up doing um, a couple of other songs on that album as well. Um, I believe also as well, Candy helped, helped write a song on here as well. She gets some credit. I'm not even looking directly at the thing. But um, to go into my, my four-pack for this album, so the way I'm going to do it is my four-pack. I'm going to play couple clips of the four songs that I think the four best songs on this album basically so the first song that I believe is the best album on here is can you help me um the vocals on this album um was magnificent dude like he sung his ass off on this song and I'm a play a little clip of it right now that's one so that's one of my four pack um my two would be the uh this one right here um, let's go ahead and cue this one up. And these are songs that I'm picking besides the the singles, the popular songs that everybody else. These are some of the songs that I feel like should should get, should have gotten more attention on the album. So that was two. And then my third song was this one right here. I don't know. Let me get that clip ready. And this is the song that actually features um, Diddy. That's three. And then my fourth song would probably be You Got It Bad. Um, and I guess I'll go ahead and play a clip of that since I didn't really play no music. Let's go ahead and get that ready. So that's my four pack. That's Benny's four pack for the 8701 album. Um, before I get up out of here, let me see. Is it anything else that I wanted to talk about? Um, on Wednesday, February, no, February 1st, I am going to be doing a mini series of unsung heroes for Black History Month. It's going to be me and a special guest, and we are going to be talking about people that should get more 
credit for Black History Month than what they should. Of course, you know they're the popular people, but we want to try to shine a light on some people that who don't get as much um, recognition as they should for Black History Month. I'm also going to be doing Black History Month um, TV episodes, movies, um, and some songs, but mainly this month of February is going to be, I want to try to empower and bring awareness to some of the things that we've seen on TV shows, movies, and how some of this stuff is still going on now. And we're going to talk about that all February. So the month of February is going to be dedicated to Black History Month. And there's going to be some great, great things coming. Um, y'all stay tuned. Um, anything else before we get up out of here? Um, like I said, if you ask why did I chose 8701 for Usher's first album, um, I feel it was his top two albums. Like I said, I struggled between this one, Confessions, and I'll throw Here I Stand on there just every now and then, just depending on how I feel. Um, thank y'all for tuning in last week as well to the Jada Kiss 2001. That was a great, great conversation we had with that one. And... I think, shoot, if I'm not mistaken, all of this month I'm going to be having a special guest on. And starting in March as well, I'm going to be having special guests on a couple episodes as well. Um, I want to thank y'all for listening and tuning in still every Monday. I'm trying to keep it fresh and keep everybody on their toes. Um, but like I said, if you follow the Extraordinary Gentleman podcast page on Instagram, um, throughout the week, I put out hints um, just for you to ch so you have an idea of what I'm going to be talking about or what's to come. I want to thank everybody once again. Make sure you subscribe to Benny Sources wherever you listen to podcasts. And I believe I'm just on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and that's it. Um, I said I was going to try something different with this one. Keep the 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 listening to two platforms um on that note let's get on up out of here and i will see y'all all um on february 1st thank you very much thank you very much peace Ooh.